Recently, someone gently pointed out that while presenting a series of messages on the one another's of the New Testament, I had completely neglected to acknowledge the fact that I was doing so during a month that our country specifically focuses on black history. While I did not expect a two-minute video clip to mitigate my neglect, I hope the quotes that you just read will serve as a simple reminder that all of the one another passages of Scripture apply equally to those who are like us and those who look, think, and act differently. As I have said to you repeatedly over the past year, there are levels of division in so many areas of our country right now, and I'm simply not smart enough to figure out what it looks like to fix it. But I am wise enough to see what Scripture has to say and wrestle with what it looks like for me to step up and apply Scripture to my life, regardless of what the differences are. And trust me, most of you know me well enough to know I have opinions. I know that may shock some of you, but I have opinions. And some of them, I have very strong opinions. And when I hear people expressing opinions that are vastly different than mine, Sometimes I struggle with what to do with that. But the key is to keep struggling with it against the backdrop of Scripture. We have been emphasizing, this is our fourth week, about wishing and hoping, as the song says, thinking and praying. But my call has been for the month of February to look at what it means to move past wishing and hoping, thinking and praying, into being and doing specifically as it relates to the one another passages in the Bible. We started by thinking about what does it look like to be doing and thinking, or being and doing, I should say, with regard to the call from Scripture to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, body, strength. What does it mean to love God that way? We looked at what does it mean, what does it really look like in 2021, in an age of contention, for us to really love one another. The Bible is crystal clear on that command. Jesus just flat out said, the way people will know that you love me is by how you love one another. And then last week, I called us to the expression, encourage one another. And I just invited you, and I invite you again today, to just fantasize for a moment of what it would look like to be in an environment where everyone's goal or purpose in life was to be an ambassador of encouragement. And again, I often say this in my membership training class, I don't know that I have ever met anyone who said, if one more person encourages me, I'm going to explode. It may be out there, But if it's sincere, genuine, heartfelt encouragement, we just want to soak it up. And that's not a bad thing. So, today, it's going to be 
wishing and hoping it's your serve. And as I worked through this message, I got a clear impression. Some of you talk about, uh, Kathleen mentioned at worship rehearsal about God tapping you on the shoulder. And usually for me, it's more of a slap upside the head. But as I was, as I was working through my notes and I, man, I was just going to town and, and I got one of those messages from God. And some of you know that message. Um, what does that say? That's really harsh. Because to me, it says, keep it simple, Steve. All right. Uh, uh, but thanks for the encouragement. Anyway. Um, uh, but today, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, in all honesty, I'm going to cruise through a number of one another passages. Someone lovingly suggested that I could do a message on each of the one another's. And I thought, wow, that'd be a really long series. So I'm going to put a bunch of them together today in no particular order. But as I've been saying for each of the one another's we've looked at, I trust you'll be asking yourself the three questions. And there's a test. Who can tell me what the three questions are? Question one is, I've been a failure. I, I'm sorry. I've repeated it. Oh, if you ever think I'm repeating too much, this is why we repeat it over and over again. What would it look like for me? Say it out loud with me so we remember it next week. What it would look like for me to, what needs to change for me to, how might it influence others if I were to? What we've already covered, what it would look like for me to love others? What would it look like for me to encourage others? What, what would it look like for me, not you, for me? What would need to change in order for me to consistently encourage others? Well, what, how might it influence others if I were to? And again, remember the one passage for those of you that were here that I threw out last week where Paul was encouraged just by the sight of someone. And I, I just thought, I, I have some people in my life where that's the case. I have others in my life where that's not the case. I'm just putting it out there. Which do I want to be? How might it influence others? Just If I just showed up and it brought joy and encouragement. So again, that's what we're looking. And I'm not going to, we're not going to be here all day. I'm not going to say that for every one another we look at today. But now that we've reviewed them for you, I want you in the back of your mind, for every one another I throw out today, I want you to be thinking... What would it look like for me to? What would it needs to change? And as I've said over and over again, I'll say it before I'm done today, I'm sure. Usually, one of the things that needs to change for me to take the one another's and put them into practice, move from wishing and hoping, thinking and praying to being and doing, is I have to get over myself. You may not have that issue, but I'll I'll own it. All right, so that's what we're going to look at. Jumping right in. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Paul simply says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Simple. Keep it simple, Steve. Accept one another. Is that really asking that much? But as Paul is inclined to do, he doesn't just leave it there, all right? He says, accept one another, and all of a sudden, hell, you got that. Okay, I'm, I'm accepting. I'm, I'm, I'm nice to people. But he says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. 
Unpack that in your mind for just a moment. Now again, I know you guys are all great people and you've always been great people, but let's just imagine that at some point in our lives we were not great people. Maybe at some point we were separated from God by a chasm of self-centered sinfulness. Newsflash, that's all of us, okay? At some point in time. And you know what? That's when he accepted you. Not when you got your act together, but way before you probably even thought about getting your act together. That's when he accepted you. Oh gosh, I don't like saying that. Because there are a whole lot of folks that I wish would change so I could accept them. (laughs) And you know what? Somebody else somewhere in the world just thought that about me. Okay? And they probably thought it about you too. (laughs) Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. And the bonus is when we do that, God gets praised. You may not, so get over yourselves. But God is praised. Accept one another then. What would it look like for me to accept others? Like I said, trust me, I don't like asking these questions because that means I have to ask these questions of myself. What would need to change? How might it influence others? Next one. First Peter chapter 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Be humble towards one another. Again, going back to accepting them, People who disagree with me, when I know they're wrong, it's really hard for me to approach them with humility because they're wrong. (laughs) It's hilariously funny, isn't it? Until it's real life and God's saying, no, it doesn't work that way. And again, I don't know what television you guys watch, but one of the channels we watch, I can't even tell you what it is. There's this commercial where there are a bunch of kids and they're picking up teams for basketball. And remember, there's all these kids and then there's Charles Barkley. All right. And they're talking about making the obvious choice. And I look at the latter part of that. And and to me, it suggests that if I don't show humility toward others, God is on the other side and he literally opposes me. Now, again, I don't know where you're at on your faith journey, but I'm not sure, excuse me, I'm pretty sure most of us didn't get up today and said, today I'm going to look God in the face and thumb my nose at him and stand in opposition to him. But when I'm reluctant, when I make the choice not to approach others with humility, I'm literally drawing a line in the sand and calling God out. I, I have to be honest with you. I, 
I read scripture about humility, but I don't often stop to think about when I don't embrace it. I'm just standing in opposition to God. <clears throat> Is this simple enough for you? I mean, it's just kind of, I don't even need to define the words. I, I was going to town. I had definitions for all these words and stuff. I was just going to rock your world, but it, God said, get over yourself. Um, <clears throat> be completely humble and gentle. There's that humble thing. There's that gentle thing. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I tell you more about myself than you care to, have, to know, but hey, I'm going to go here. Uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You know what? I tend to read that. When I read bearing with one another in love, to me, I interpret that. This is the Steve Shave translation and application. It means put up with them. All right? You don't, you don't, you don't like it, but you're just going to bear with them and put up with them. All right? And as I, as I thought through this, I thought, maybe I'll just skip that one because that doesn't really get to the heart of the matter. And, and then I thought about, what are some other applications of this idea of bearing with one another? And I thought about construction in your home. In your home, most of your homes, probably, all of your homes, maybe, you have walls, all right? And some of the walls are just dividers between one space and another. But other walls are what are called load-bearing walls. In other words, they support the weight, and you're not supposed to take those out without providing some other way of supporting the weight. And as I thought about that, I thought, what? In, maybe, just maybe, this idea of bearing with one another is not just plugging my nose and putting up with them, but maybe bearing with one another is actually sharing in that burden, that load, getting alongside of them and sharing some of the weight. Oh, gosh, really, God? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4.32 Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Again, just, just think about it. How many would have liked it if it just stopped after forgiving each other? Are we all good with that? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. <clears throat> we can and we should always lean into that. That's what we're striving toward. But we're never going to get there. But that doesn't mean we don't keep pressing forward. Because we know the extent God went to to forgive us in Christ Jesus. Literally sacrificing his one and only son so that he could accept us even though we could never, ever, ever, ever deserve it. Forgiving each other. <clears throat> I think it was last week I was prepping the children's video and they were talking about the, the story with Peter saying, Jesus, you know, how many times do I have to forgive that guy because he's a jerk? You know, I, I, I'm, you know, Jesus, I'm all about you. I'm going to forgive him seven times. 
And Jesus laughed and said, nice try. Basically, keep forgiving and keep forgiving. Trust me, friends. Preach into the preacher right now. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I, again, I'm confident none of you ever go there. <clears throat> but sometimes, just sometimes, I begin to think that all of God, that what God has done was to make my life better. You know, clean me up, help me not to be a dirtbag, make my life pleasant, Uncomfortable. But then Paul says, the reason I've been set free from the bondage of sin was so that I can serve others humbly in love. Not so I feel better. Not so I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Those are just bonuses. We've been set free so that we can serve one another humbly in love. And again, Paul's writing that to folks who were using their freedom to call others out to measure up. And he's saying, guys, you're kind of getting it backwards. Use your freedom to serve one another humbly in love. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, first part. Be devoted to one another in love. I did look up devoted. Focused on that particular thing almost exclusively. Place their needs above your own. Many of us are blessed to have people in our lives that are devoted to us. They love us. They care for us. They serve us. And oftentimes place our wants and needs ahead of their own. For a lot of us, they're called parents. (laughs) All right. (laughs) For the blessed among us, they're called spouses. Or children. Or friends. But again, be devoted to one another. In brotherly love. And I just ask you to wrestle with this, friends. How devoted are you to those around you? Paul continues in that same verse and he says, Honor one another above yourselves. Now, again, so many times, if Paul would have consulted me before he wrote this, it would be much, much better. I just want to put it out there. All right. I, I'm sorry, it would be much, much less uncomfortable for me. How, how if, we, if we just stopped with honor one another, I could say, oh yeah, I, I honor people. Awesome. I give them a high five and oh, you look nice today. I honor people. But then he has the gall to say, honor another one, honor one another above yourselves. 
again, let's go all the way back to the beginning of where I started today. That means people that I like and people that look like me and people that act like I think they should. But somehow we have to figure out what does that mean regarding my relationship with the rest of the folks. Now and again, I'm not condoning criminal behavior. I'm not condoning anything. But I am saying sometimes we've got to wrestle with the uncomfortable thoughts of what does it look like to honor people with whom I disagree. And again, it may be something as simple as saying, love you, agree to disagree, we've talked about it, we're not going to keep talking about it anymore, but I'm still going to love you. You have to, you have to figure that out, because I'm still figuring it out. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. There's that forgiving again, but just the whole idea of just plain being nice to people. Some of you, I know you've had the situation where, whether it's a customer service rep, it's somebody that's at the checkout counter, it's somebody you're dealing with in some way, shape, or form, and they're just nice. I mean, they're just kind people. Oftentimes, when that happens to me, I immediately, well, not immediately, I gradually come to the assumption they're a person of faith. And oftentimes, if Diana's with me, she'll ask them. Because I won't. But if you think about it, shouldn't that be one of the things that sets us apart? First Peter 4, nine, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Again, why do we have to add without grumbling? I mean, <laughs> come on. Some of you who have been around for a while know that I, I, I have some giftings. I have some personality strengths. But many of you know hospitality is not one of them. If you show up at my door unannounced, you might question whether I'm saved. <laughs> By the way, I open my door until I see it's you, all right? Hey, one Sunday afternoon, and Sunday afternoon, again, Sunday afternoon's nap time. Let's be honest here. That's, I, that's where I'm at. But it was it was like pre-election stuff, you know. And again, between the election and turning sixty-five, and everybody trying to sell me on whatever insurance plan old people need, um, our phone just blew up day after day. And it's Sunday afternoon, and I'm I'm chilling in my recliner, uh, and the phone rings, and it's I don't recognize the number. And I gave them the harshest hello you could give. Okay, no no obscenity, but I just was not very friendly. And they asked for Diana. Well, again, between me not being hospitable and me protecting my wife, 
well, who are you and what makes you think you need to talk to my wife? Was basically what I said. And that was the pleasant, and I, I used a less pleasant tone than that. And there was a pause. And this quiet female voice said, my parents go to your church. And they said that your wife wanted me to call her. I'm sorry, you got the wrong number. <laughs> it was Mike and Lori's daughter. She's a wonderful person. I've apologized to her repeatedly over the phone. I had Diana apologize to her. I've apologized to her in person. So, trust me. I get it. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. That is awesome. Others of us, we have to work at it. Without grumbling. All right? So, again. <laughs> Seriously, don't be afraid to come to my house. I, I promise you. I, I I'll be nice. If you call first. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Romans twelve sixteen. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. <clears throat> Live in harmony. Paul said it. All right, I'm not even going to comment. Live in harmony with one another. Get along. Don't be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Then Peter says, you know what? I'm going to say the same thing. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. He's just piling on. Let's just, it's just not fair. But this whole idea of harmony, ah, y'all, y'all know I'm not a musician. But think of different parts coming together to complement each other and create something better. Newsflash, praise Jesus, you don't have to be like me. You shouldn't be like me. But if we're all together working on the one another's, you guys can crush the hospitality thing. I'll work on something different, all right? But as we live in harmony... The whole body and the whole world is better. And then I save the best for last. Submit to one another. Again, Paul, it would be great if you just stop while you're ahead. Submit to one another. Why do I submit to someone? Because they deserve it? Because I want to? Because we agree? Because we're alike, because we have the same objectives, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Gosh. Out of reverence for Christ. Set aside my biases, my opinions, my preferences, and yield. Some of you remember from the Bible, when, by, when God got frustrated with his people, the Israelites, do you remember what he said about them? 
he called them a stiff-necked people. Now you think about it. If somebody pushes me, even before I push back, I'm going to tense up. I'm going to stiffen up, and I'm going to lean into that because I'm not going to yield. And then it digresses from there. Some of you have livestock or pets. Some of you know we were blessed for a lot of years to share our lives with a big dog. And I tell you what, when she got a stiff neck, you weren't going to move her. And I wonder how many times is God thinking, Steve, you're being stiff-necked. I can't tell you, I wouldn't even try to tell you what that looks like for you. Some of us are more aggressive in our lack of submission. Some of us are more passive in our lack of submission. But there's still a reluctance. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What would it look like for me to fill in the blank of all of those? I hope you picked a favorite, all right? What needs to change for me too? And how might it influence others if I were to? Again, I'll go back to the last one. It's amazing how it can diffuse situations when we apply this. Some of you know that in a previous life, I was a civilian police dispatcher. And my my supervisor was a giant, and he was a retired state police sergeant. And this was a long time ago, and that's when command structure was pretty intense, and he expected, if he told you to do something, that you did it, and you didn't give him any lip. But he was used to dealing with troopers, not civilian college kids, all right? And one night... we were really busy and I took an alarm call about a break-in at a local business. Their alarm came in, took it. I was busy. I wrote it down. I never sent anybody. Okay. Well, the problem is everything that happened was recorded. And so, again, I work nights. I went to school in the daytime. I get a call suggesting that it would be really good if I came in in the middle of the day when the boss is there. Never a good thing. But I hadn't slept. I wasn't happy about it. I got in there, and, you know, the cartoons where there's smoke coming out of the ears, yeah, it was already percolating when I got there. And he just unloaded on me. And my immediate response was stiff neck. But in a moment of clarity... I realized he was right. I'd screwed up. And I just, once he finally paused for breath, I just said, you know what? You're right. I totally blew it. And I said, if you need my resignation, I'll quit right now. Because I blew it. I'm sorry. I can't undo it. You know the emoji where your head explodes? 
he didn't know what to do because he was ready to fight. And I submitted because that was the appropriate thing. And, and he just, he just, it just stood there and he sputtered a little bit. And I'm thinking, what happens now? And he just says, don't let it happen again and walked away. And again, I don't say that to elevate me, but sometimes when it is appropriate, it can be incredibly disarming to put the one another's into practice. Wishing and hoping. It's your serve. Obviously, there are crystal clear biblical mandates when it comes to how we are to relate to one another. What I've said to you was not profound. It was just plain simple. And I don't see how the importance of consistently leaning into those directives can be overstated for those who wish to follow Jesus. I cannot say what I said today strong enough. I may have distracted you with too much humor, but friends, this is what we're called to be and do. Having said that, I want to make it really personal for us here today. And I want to remind you of something that you drive by every time you pull into our parking lot. Many years ago, a naive young couple had the audacity to name a fledgling, fledgling group of believers Caring Community Church. Can we possibly live up to that name without embracing the biblical call? to one another. Pray with me. Father, as I say that, it's not about the church. It is about each and every one of us living up to the calling that you have for us. Every person in this room interacts with people outside of this room. And I would venture to say every person in this room interacts with people who need to encounter you. And the way they do that is when your spirit stirs in our hearts and empowers and equips us to put these one another's into practice. We simply say, Lord, help us. Amen.